Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast. We celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the always lovely, the always brilliant, Ariel. Oh, you flatter me, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> I think you maybe just do this podcast with me because you know I'm gonna like start everyone saying how amazing you are. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna blow smoke up my ass and I love it. You make me feel oh, so good up. about myself. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, that's not all. And not that Ariel's not enough, but we have even more exciting news because we are being joined by two of my favorite podcasters. The amazing, brilliant, hilarious, insightful, and just generally fabulous, Lauren and Jared of the Scary Crit Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> oh my God. So happy, so happy to be you. here. Thank you for that okay. wonderful introduction. Feels so special. Yeah. I mean, listen, you guys are the ones putting out the amazing podcast. I, that My part of this was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to describe things and talk in facts. <laughs> but I'm you... saying, like, I'm with Ariel. If you talk about me like that all the time, I will be here every week. Words of affirmation. <laughs> I know. I got to be better about saying them to myself. I'm very good about making other people feel good, but you do. You need to work on that. Page. <sighs> oh God, grim. <laughs> If you if I become someone who's like standing in front of a mirror giving myself words of affirmation, Ariel, it's it's time to take me out. Uh but seriously, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been talking about doing this for a while and I'm so, so glad we could make it happen because like I said before we started the show, like we love your show so much. We adore you. We've been in a I don't know if you know this, but we've been in a parasocial relationship for a while now. <laughs> and so I'm glad that we finally get to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I feel that. All right. Cool. 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 So, all right. We've been listening. We know you very well. I want our listeners to fall in love with you as much as we have if they haven't already. So I want to ask you a few get to know you questions. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, first, let's talk about the podcast itself. In case someone's living under a rock and have not enjoyed the dulcet tones of you two, tell us about Scary Crit. I'll go. Yeah. So Scary Crit, like many things as of late, is a pandemic baby. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sitting around my house like, God, I need to do something. And me and Jared met in grad school. He was in the MFA writing program. I was in the MFA wow. media studies program. I have my master's in horror. Oh, wow. That's what I decided to study at Pratt. And I was like, what can I do? What can I do? 
And I was like, oh, maybe I could do a podcast. And I was like, oh, no, maybe I could do like a horror podcast. And then it just kind of like snowballed from there. Um, and I was like, I need a co-host because I'm not doing this alone. A vacuum. Um, and Jared and I bonded over our love of these, these movies when we were in class together. We stayed really good friends. So I was like, I texted him. I was like, Jared. Do you want to do a podcast with me? (laughs) He was like, what? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. And like a couple of test podcasts and a logo later, we premiered in September of 2020. Yeah, we just passed our two-year anniversary on the second. Oh, my gosh. Happy anniversary. That's so so cool. Because I have to say that a, a number of horror podcasts started right during the pandemic, and it really helped me get through that first six months that were so hard listening to podcasts like yours, especially because not only are you guys just sort of hanging out and being friends with each other on your podcast, which makes me feel like I'm a part of it, but you're also really funny. Like, your <laughs> sound effects get me every yes, single episode. Yes, so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, I take a lot of pride in the sound effects um because i do the i do the editing and how i like Uh to do it is because like uh, in my friendships um like say group chats or texting i communicate a lot by memes either (laughs) uh, pictures or uh, videos jared has like some secret vault on his phone of me. <laughs> like he is never in want or need of one and he always has the perfect one for whatever it is that you're saying and i'm like you it's like if you guys have ever seen halloween town it's like aggie's bag I oh but just I have, memes I have everything in there it's bottomless everything is in there and i don't find the memes they find me and i just i just collect them but i love <laughs> I love communicating um, via them. It's just such a fun way to liven up conversation. And so I was yeah. like, how can I... It's an I... art form. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How can I bring this art form onto the podcast? And so that's what I try to do by using all of these different kinds of sound effects to like help bolster the the comedy or maybe even sometimes the seriousness of what we're talking about. And I'm mm-hmm. really happy it's been so... Uh, positively received yeah or positively yeah no received. it's a great part it of always the makes show, me always. giggle yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I mean your analysis is always really great but it it keeps things light you know it's really mm-hmm. fun and it adds a lot of joy and that's why I was saying like you feel like you're hanging out with your friends when you listen to the show oh I'm so glad to hear that I also just love how you guys are still scared of from horror movies. You'll talk about Insidious or whatever and and talk about it still freaking (laughs) you out. And I get that feeling so rarely that these days that it's nice Mm -hmm. to sort of live vicariously through that experience Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. I feel that. But I'm also like a big baby. So I. <laughs> yeah, we always talk about how we're constantly chasing that dragon of when you were a kid and you would get scared, yeah. and now we're just like dead inside. I have these moments, but also I'm the person that like gets up and starts cooking, and we'll just put on like I don't know Alien in the background, and then my uh-huh. dad will come in and he's like, "Why are you watching this?" Right now? <laughs> What is wrong with you? And I'm like, whoa, judgment. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> no, it's it's sort of a weird thing with horror where it can be both sort of a comfort watch, but also scare you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all weirdos. It's okay. It's all right. We found each other. <laughs> we it's found exciting. our people. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. So 
just so our listeners understand sort of your perspective, what are some of your favorite horror films? What are ones that you guys really love? I always say Gan Jin Hess, like immediately when people mm. ask me this question. That is one of my favorite films of all time. Bill Gunn is genius. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's me, a really good pick. For me, I would definitely say John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh, um, yes, please. That oh, is yes. one of the, I would say that is actually one of the earliest horror memories I have. Like my oh, dad wow. owned it on VHS and I just remember like the, uh, the dog kennel scene and just oh. being freaked out about that but then you know when i grew up actually watching it and just seeing how it is almost incomparable to the horror that exists today because it is it's really its own unique thing i don't think like no other movie for me at least is doing it like the thing did like from the yeah. creature mm-hmm. design to that mm-hmm. kind of tension and it just it just really sticks out for me and then the the ambiguous ending you know i just mm-hmm. i love that i love that do yeah, you subscribe to the eye shine theory Wait, what's the eye shine theory? Right, Have you guys never that? heard of the? Oh, okay, I know. Right, cool. I don't know oh, fun! I get to tell you something. Education, yes, tell us, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you pay attention, I paid attention when I saw the re-release when they did the theatrical one like a couple months ago. Uh-huh. If you pay attention carefully, whoever the thing is, their eyes don't shine. Everybody oh, else, like when light hits it, their eyes don't. Yes. Oh, everybody yeah. else, everybody else's does, and then you'll get to the oh. person. And so I knew this. I had heard this theory prior to going in and watching it, and it works. Oh wow, my so you god! Really track no. It. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's subtle. Did I ruin it for you? Oh no! I mean, this is no. This is a conspiracy. It's lies, slander. This is so brilliant because there's always there's always a tell. There's yeah. always a tell, and you don't always know what it is, but it's oh, it's usually Subtle. there. This is so cool! Oh That's my god, very smart filmmaking! I like. I so, have to rewatch this now. Yep, watch <laughs> it. it. It works. It's wild. And if you want to know who the thing is at the end, you can find out. Oh my oh, god! Shit. This now is I've got to rewatch me. it. This well, now I know what I'm doing later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh god, I love that movie so much. It's such a classic. I took some friends who had never seen it, and everyone except for one person loved it, and that one person did. And I was like, I think, I think our friendship is over. <laughs> We're done here. Oh, you're the thing. It's you, <laughs> imposter. <laughs> awesome okay so obviously those are both classics those are ones that everybody if they haven't seen needs to see but are there any horror films that you guys personally love that you think people are sleeping on or not giving the proper you know credit to that they need to be checking out oh this is a hard one i gotta think i'm sorry i know it's a tricky Mm. one (laughs) oh my goodness i have to think or like maybe a movie that you love that people give bad reviews to. I mean, there are definitely movies where I'm like, really? People don't like this? Oh, that's oh, an easy one. Good. Uh, okay, what is it? Oh. If we're talking about, I love Catwoman. I, that, oh my God. I couldn't wait for it. I remember when it came out and I couldn't wait for it to come out on DVD. This is back during the days where it took like five months for movies to come out on DVD uh-huh. after they were mm-hmm. in theaters. So. Oh, that's interesting. I don't even think I've ever seen Catwoman. I think Maybe I saw it when it very it. first came out, and I haven't seen it since. And now I'm kind of like, does this need a rewatch? Is this one I that, like, you... justice for Catwoman? Not I want you guys to actually know that like, you have me. <laughs> You have me in. You have me in my 
DVD cabinet here. I'm like actually yes. trying to look and answer this <laughs> question. you with your physical media. You were ahead of the game. Because I know there is like, I know there's one. There's an answer to this question. What about you, Mel? How are you doing over there? My mind. So I am a huge J-horror stan. Like that's okay. my favorite thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this movie that I love that's called Infection from 2004. And oh. I talk about it all the time. And everybody's like, what is that? Yeah, is I don't think I've seen that one. One of the greatest virus movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh, wow. And it's so good. That's a great answer. Yeah, that is because <laughs> I love J-horror and I've never seen that one. So I'm oh going to have to check God. it out. It's all shot in green, which is like the worst, greatest thing ever. <laughs> and there's like, you know, like Nickelodeon, like slime. Yes. That is yeah. the moment. Oh, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. All right. I, oh my God, pressure <laughs> is so intense. The spotlight is on you. <laughs> I'm really trying to think here. You're talking wow. about physical media reminded me of the conversation you guys had on your podcast about all the HBO Max stuff. Oh, oh my so gosh. Yeah. That. I'm so mad. But the way that you guys call the executive Skeksis is hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's what he is. <laughs> yep. yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> yes, but all the love you guys were giving Infinity Train made me so happy. Because Infinity Train it. is so my – it's so good. So good because the first season, and then when when Cartoon Network said no, I was so mad. I was like writing letters to Cartoon Network, and I was like, "What is going on? Because you have Steven Universe, and you have Craig on the Creek. Why can't you have a train? What's right? happening?" And uh, then when HBO picked it up, those other three seasons are what? incredible. Incredible. <gasps> the Lost, the Lost Boy season with them, like we don't want to deal with our issues. We're just going to stay on the train. Amazing. Right? I mean, I and also relatable content. Yes, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this. Excuse me. Confront my trauma. Absolutely not. Train ride. Train ride forever. Oh my god, it's it's so deep, and it's actually like very adult. I'm trying to remember who, what character it was. Just straight up pushed someone off the train. Yeah. What? What? It was in the second, no, third season, and I'm trying to remember. It was one of the little creatures they found in the woods train, and they just straight up. Pushed it under the wheels. Yep. Goodbye. Like, holy, shit. holy shit. All right, Jared. <laughs> how you doing? Um, we can move forward if you're just stumped. I don't want to make yeah, you. Yeah, you're stumped. That's totally fine. Why don't we switch it to this? Because And this is for both of you as well. What about filmmakers? You think people do not appreciate the way that they should? Oof. Have I done it again? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a filmmaker. Okay. Let's hear yeah. it. Julie Dash. Julie so Julie Dash. Dash wrote and directed Daughters of the Dust. Oh. And that was the first film directed by a Black woman to win an Oscar. She is one of the only Black women in the Academy. Oh, wow. And that was the first feature film I had ever seen that was written and directed by a Black woman, right? Oh, so it was, it was incredibly profound on my life as someone who is a filmmaker, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And she gets no respect and it bothers me so much because she made that film in like the 90s and hasn't made another feature since because no one will give her money to do so. Oh. And I think that that's insane that you could win an Oscar right, <laughs> and, and no one work? will give you money. Yeah, that's crazy. And because she, she became the center of a debate because 
there was a conversation about the way that the Academy is structured because you could win one Oscar and then be in the Academy for the rest of your life. Right. Oh, right. So theoretically there are all these like cis white men right. that will be in the Academy and influence it until they die because they made one film in the seventies. And they were like, Oh, somebody said like, Oh, we should have like a time limit. Like you have to c- continue to do work. But then somebody brought up Julie Dash because that's not fair. Right. Right. Well, if there were obstacles keeping her from making more work, that's different than somebody who just quit the business, you know? Right. Right. And so it became this whole like existential conversation of the morality of the way that the system is is set up and continues to be set up. Oh, that's interesting. But I, I love her. She Daughters of the Dust is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. It's kind of infuriating that something that is outrageous for her totally privileges all these white cis Other dudes. people. Oh, yeah. that, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> and it's, you're right. This is not a familiar, filmmaker I'm familiar with. And women filmmakers is my thing. So I'm. You a, got everybody who has to watch. Like, yeah. you know those like 100 movies you should watch before you die? Yeah. Like, Daughters of the Do- Dust is in my top 10 on that list. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'm going to watch it. I'm very yeah. excited. I'm so, now I'm so glad I asked you this because I am absolutely going to watch this. All right. Well, speaking of films and filmmakers that if, if you don't love, you're at least interested in talking about, you picked the film Sorority House Massacre for us to, to discuss. What made you guys pick this one? Well, uh, to be quite honest, I had <laughs> never seen it before. Oh, okay. <laughs> same, same line oh, of decision wow. making. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so that's okay. Cool. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So I was, it was not what I expected. So I was like, okay, I wonder what part of this it was that really they connected with. But I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all find out together. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it because it was one that honestly was not on my radar even. And I was feeling a yeah, little same. bit of shame about that, but now I feel a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. still better because we were ignorant, ignorant to the world of, of this world. specifically. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm dying to hear your opinions of it. Cause then I, I assume there's sort of like an, a baked in opinion when people pick the movie but they're picking Mm. something they like you know what I mean or something Mm -hmm. they think is interesting and want to talk about so this is gonna this is exciting I have no idea where this is going (laughs) yeah yeah this should be fun (laughs) all right awesome so before we get into our discussion of it though Ariel can you please let any new listeners know what our spoiler policy is here yeah, so first I'm going to tell you a little bit about the director and the making of the movie, and then we're going to all give you sort of our general non-spoiler thoughts, and after we do that and let you know whether or not to watch it, we are going to open the floodgates. We'll talk about everything, and Rachel will give you a warning before we start spoiling stuff, and if it bothers you to get spoilers, you can go watch this either on Shutter or for free on Tubi right now. What's on Shutter? I watched it on the Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Oops. <laughs> it's all right. I love ads. I never get tired of watching ads. It's, it's great. It really helps with the pacing of the film. Right. <laughs> I'm stupid and I didn't check Shutter and I just went to Amazon and paid like $3. Oh, oh no. No, no. I watched it on Tubi too. Oh my God. I don't like ads. So I was like, I, I paid the $3. It's okay. That's why I always use the Just Watch app because it'll tell you everywhere that the movie is right now. So it keeps me from spending as much money. Apparently not, right? Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently I just went straight to Tubi. 
<sighs> oh, oh my well. god there's an app <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard of just watch and i'm oh. downloading it now oh my god your life the hours i'm gonna save about to life. change your, yep. your life is about to change you have no idea there's so many things on there that i had no idea that well first of all there's so many streaming services on there but this is gonna make your life so much easier as a oh horror podcaster who watches a lot of stuff oh yeah fantastic <laughs> awesome all right so ariel tell me a little bit about the background for this film all right so sorority house massacre was directed by carol frank now normally i do a lot of extensive research and try to give you guys a lot of details about the life of the director and how the movie was made but carol frank is like a ghost on the internet okay <laughs> it is very hard to find any information about her and there was very little information about the making of the movie so for once this is going to be really short <laughs> oh really All right, so yeah yeah so carol frank graduated from ucla and her first film credit is actually working as the assistant director on the original slumber party massacre which was directed by amy jones and premiered in 1982 so in 1983, she then went on to work as a production assistant on the drama Summer Spell. And then after her work with Slumber Party Massacre, Roger Corman, who produced that film, gave her a carte blanche to make her own slasher. So in 1986, she wrote and directed Sorority House Massacre. Interesting. I mean, I can see the Slumber Party Massacre and like some of the weird politics of that yeah. I, in terms of around nudity, things like that. Uh, definitely right. show up here. Yes. <laughs> yes <it does>. <laughs> <laughs> so because Roger Corman produced it, it is also part of Roger Corman's Massacre Collection, which was a franchise that included the Slumber Party Massacre movies, the Sorority House Massacre movies, and the Cheerleader Massacre movies. Mm. And they weren't originally billed this way, but it was used as a way to market them once DVDs became a thing and they needed a way to sell these older movies. It got a limited theatrical release in 1986, and then it moved directly to home video. When it first came out, it garnered mostly negative reviews, with critics pointing to the similarities between it and Halloween, which I'm guessing everybody noticed when they were watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just a bit. Just a tad. Yeah. Since then, it has gotten sort of a cult following. So there are people that really love this film. But yeah, it did not do well critically. It was filmed on location in LA. And its taglines were, who will survive the final exam and Ooh. a slash course in absolute horror. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whoever wrote that deserved a raise. A slash course? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> So Angela O'Neill, who plays Beth, the sort of main character, final girl, took the job without knowing that her role required nudity. Oh. So she only found out once she received the script. And when she got that, she was like, I don't want to do that. She refused to do it and was told that she would have to because it was already in the script. Yikes. So when, yeah. So then Yikes. she threatened to walk off the set and when she did that, they finally relented because they were so short on time because the shooting schedule was so tight that they didn't have time to recast the role. So they gave in. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's why in the film, she is the only woman actor who kept her clothes on for the entire runtime. Everybody else yeah. at least takes their top off. 
Mm-hmm. Huh. She was not participating in the weirdly topless um, girl. The, like, <laughs> try try on on that on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorority House Massacre was followed by two sequels, Sorority House Massacre 2 and Sorority House Massacre 3, Hard to Die, both of which somehow came out <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> I know. I in know. 1990? Twist. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like four years later. So apparently Sorority House Massacre 2 is somehow a sequel to Sorority House Massacre, the original, and Slumber Party Massacre, even though Slumber Party Massacre also has its own sequels. And then Sorority House Massacre 3 is essentially just a remake of the second Sorority House Massacre movie because it uses a lot of the same actors and the plot is almost identical. It's like an Evil Dead situation. Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and i guess it even uses some shots from one of the slumber party massacre movies they just sort of incorporated some yeah i don't know it sounds weird i've never seen it so i can't speak to it but (laughs) so the only other thing i can tell you is that sorority house massacre is carol frank's one and only credit as a writer or a director and it is the last movie she ever worked on she hasn't made anything since 1986 yeah. Well, when you get it right the first time, you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> Can I also say that that is like my dream to be her in this moment? Yeah. Here's the movie I made. You can know nothing else about me. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> no social media. No, nothing. I, I and I really dug and had such a hard time finding. Any, I mean, it took me a while just to find out she went to UCLA, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> she has been swept from the internet somehow or just was never on there to begin with. I'm not sure. But it's really interesting that she made two of these like really well-known horror movies and then just jetted. Disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It makes me curious to know what zone. went on. If she just picked a different career, didn't really like it or what happened, you know? I told you she got it right the first time. She didn't have to do it again. Well, yeah, there you go. She's like, I have made my masterpiece. I have peaked. <laughs> <laughs> It's only down from here. I need to Right. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that, Ariel. That was great. Now, this is the thing I've been waiting for. I'm dying to hear sort of your first impressions. Let's start with our esteemed guests. Jared, why don't you tell me, without spoiling it, what, what did you think of old sorority massacre? So... <laughs> I thought they were I thought they were going to be more girls. I really didn't think that it was going to be set over Memorial Day weekend and majority of the girls were gonna go away. And um, right. but then again, this did happen in Black Christmas where there were only like what eight girls in the house because everybody was yeah. on holiday break. But I thought there were gonna be more girls because when they the title set me up because they said massacre, and I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be a bloodbath, and there's only like what <laughs> four or five girls so i was just yeah. like oh, okay yeah. well we have a little party here but the movie as a as a whole uh, the whole way through especially that um trying on the clothes montage which i was just i was like this is so 80s oh my gosh <laughs> the, most 80s the whole ever. time i was like this is so 80s and then um i am so terrible with names but the um the one she had like the Farrah Fawcett hair. It was like yeah. teased up with the friend. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so <laughs> 80s. And like, e- and they were. I was stuck on the wardrobe when they were walking on campus. They were wearing like <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't business, but it wasn't like 
it didn't it seemed too dressy to be casual and they were all wearing heels and i'm just like what is going on and then the men with their shorts they were so short and i'm just like and now they're called hoochie daddy shorts today and i just you know but the movie the movie my first impression was it was just it was so 80s in so yeah. many ways which brought a lot of you know cheesiness to it and and it, i was I watching i'm just like when is it gonna get scary like when when right. is how long is it gonna take for the guy to appear or come home because they we knew he was in a psychiatric hospital but i'm just like when is he gonna break out because they it, they took a the movie is really short which threw me off it only it's only an hour and 14 minutes that's about as long as like um a tuesday thursday class in undergrad for me <laughs> so i'm just like what are we i'm like this yeah. is a short movie but they spent so much time i feel like in the beginning with uh her getting to the house and the girls leaving and then like it just took him a it just took him a while to get to the house no, it really so, did. I I looked and it was almost 50 minutes into the movie before he shows up and starts. Yeah. And that means y'all really only have like, what, 20 yeah. minutes left to mm -hmm. make things shake. And so that means the entire third <laughs> act was just like, kill, kill. You know, it was just very <laughs> like, okay, y'all, this could have been more evenly distributed in terms of like how you guys spin the story with the runtime. But yeah. overall, my first impression was this movie is fun. It is entertaining. And then the gimmick it had, I thought, was unique. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a point about five minutes in where I, like, turned to Errol and was like, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. These, our guests are going to be so, so smart and know what's happening. And I'm going to be so dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, feel, I, I grew up watching Charmed, so I picked up on it pretty quickly. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, smart. We're a little wow. older. <laughs> wow. Just going to put it out there. Okay, great. I, know, I actually watched next week. <laughs> I don't need this, Ariel. I'm already spinning into the Mine entropy is like of like a time. week after yours. We'll be fine. Yes. All right. Quit bragging. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lauren, how about you? This is a first watch. What did you think? So whenever I haven't seen a film... I don't like to look up the synopsis before I watch it because I want to be like genuinely engrossed in what I'm watching, but I yeah. do look at the posters. Okay. From the poster for this movie, it, the plot was not what I expected it to be. Right. <laughs> no. I, I, I went in with very specific like plot expectations and then was so baffled when I figured out what was going on. I was like, oh, okay, let's roll with this. Cool. <laughs> But, like, between that and, like, the unnecessary boobs, I was like, okay, okay. I'm in it now, though. There so are so fine. many, so many boob shots in this movie. So many boob shots. That just for, like, the sake of the boob shot. And I was yeah. like, all right, cool. Bet. I'm locked in now. I got, I got, I'm understanding the wavelength that we're on, and I'm just going to ride it through. But I, I enjoyed, like, the camp of it all. Mm -hmm. Because I look at this more of, like, a as, like, a parody. Yeah. And when I when I landed there, I was like, okay, I can enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to the. I was like, okay, cool. I'm. I'm. I was here. I, and then the shot that Jared was talking about, where they were all like walking into the into the campus, I screenshot it and sent it to my mom. And I was like, was this you? Oh my god, <laughs> Mel, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> what did she say? What did she get? She said, get off yes. my text messages. She said, don't talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> Stop playing on my line. <laughs> I like it. It's like Golden Girls Junior Edition. <laughs> yeah, but oh my also, God, like, so the is. outfit that the girl with, that was looking for the red sweater, I yeah. would wear that. The little, t- the little like matching set moment. Yeah, that was cute. Sure, I was not mad at that. With, like, <laughs> there were just I so enjoyed many all the really power jumpsuit shoulder pads. Yeah, <laughs> so many. Shoulder oh pads. yeah, the shoulder pads. And then who was yeah? Who was the who was like Miss Queen Prissy, the one who was oh, in like Cindy, the pink. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really surprised she didn't get got. Right? She seemed <laughs> like know. she would have been a centerpiece for that, but nope, she left with her <laughs> man. She was safe. Yeah, she got off scot free, and they just but they tried on her all closet. her clothes. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's another thing. Why does nobody have locks on their doors? Because I, it's I, the '80s, Jared. We don't lock our doors. So <laughs> any, so anybody when I'm not at the house can just go in my room and do whatever. And try on all your danger. Spray my bath and body works, play my Nintendo Switch, read my books. I'm not for it. Get out of my room. There's a lock on this door. Was anybody else weirded out by her total lack of hangers? Who hangs their clothes like that? Wait, what? How did she wait? How were her clothes hung? They were just kind of like laid on top. Of the and she had so many of that one dress in different colors. Yeah, like there's that one scene where they put on basically the identical dress just in multiple colors, and they do that (laughs) silly dance. It's very strange. (laughs) It was so 80s. Like what? I'm like, is this is this the same genre right now? What are we doing? Do you remember that episode of Saved by the Bell when (laughs) all of the girls were in a girl group for like five seconds? (gasps) Yes. Oh my god. That's what I thought of, but like power suits instead of workout clothes. Right, right. Oh, God, that's so funny. (laughs) I know that scene is so weird because it almost felt like it went into parody Mm. for a minute there. Mm -hmm. And then it jumps back to just a regular movie. Yeah, Yeah, it was very odd. I mean, it has like a little bit of low rent night of the comet moment. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All I know is I wish I was like the director in that moment. Yeah. Because could you imagine, okay, throw the dress now. Throw it. <laughs> oh, giving all the directions? The skirt. Yeah. Throw the skirt. No, more gingerly. Make an arch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Lauren, I have a request as a filmmaker. I need you to do like uh, like a Gus Van Sant style shot for shot remake of this movie. <laughs> 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 I will I will start the GoFundMe if you agree to this. Please, no, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, you know, guys, like I think there is a lot of stuff that we can be critical about this film, but I ended up liking it more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For one thing, I know I, I like went into it with a very open mind because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't gonna go in and trash a movie you guys love. So I'm like, okay, Rachel, even though this is not necessarily your favorite part of the genre, like have an open mind. But I think why I liked it is even though it does kind of touch on some of those tropes, it skews into places, like you said, sort of the conceit of this that I was not expecting that kept me engaged in a way that I was not expecting. I also think there are some really cool visual moments in this and the dream sequences and the visions, which I think we'll get more in detail about. Yeah. And the actual teen, well, tw- the 40-year-old teens um, <laughs> in this <laughs> were kind of well we're much kinder and more caring and less generally garbage than most of your slasher 
sort of fodder, except for Andy. Andy sucks. I was very glad when Andy died. He's the one with the braces. Talk about oh my dead god! Dead. Oh, Andy right. sucks. Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just walked right up to him and. Mm. Yeah, it was a wrap for old Andy. <laughs> There's definitely some stuff in here that has not aged well. <laughs> oh God, all. no! Because the powwow, I cringe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, can we just go back to the gratuitous nudity, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy. Yeah, that stuff is rough, rough, rough. And I'd like to say it's a product of time, but it, that was never okay. That's not okay. That kind of stuff is cringe, but. Overall, I don't know. I think if you're, especially if you're a slasher fan, and this thing is, like I said, it's on Tubi, it's definitely worth putting your eyeballs on. Yeah, I I agree with that, actually. I had seen this movie a very, very long time ago, because unlike Rachel, I really love slasher films. So I've seen almost all of them. But it had been so long since I'd seen this one. You keep sort of mentioning the central conceit of this movie that we'll talk about in the spoiler zone. I had totally wiped that from my memory. I did not remember that that was part of it. I remembered it as being a much more standard slasher film. And I do think that that part of it makes it more interesting. You know, it definitely borrows heavily from like Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Nightmare on Elm Street. But I ended up enjoying kind of the silliness of it. And like you said, Rachel, there are some cool visual moments Mm -hmm. in here that make the movie more interesting. And it's so just like quintessentially 80s that it's fun to watch just for that part of it. I mean, it's kind of a dumb slasher with a somewhat ridiculous premise. I don't know why I said somewhat. It's a ridiculous premise. (laughs) But I do think that there's enough stuff in here to keep you watching. It's just that if you're somebody who's seen a lot of slashers, throw this one on. If you're somebody who's never seen one, like don't make this your first mm-hmm. journey into the subgenre. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz yeah. it's fun and it's such a time capsule, but it's not like the best of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what I would say. <laughs> All right, so not the best slasher ever made. All right, that is Ariel's review. <laughs> All right. Okay. You've got our opinions. You know what to do. You know where to find it. Depending on how you feel, we're going to go into the spoiler zone. I always vamp a little bit, give people time to find their phones before we get into our synopsis. I mean, you know what I'm talking about when people are like, okay, spoilers. And then you're like scrambling for your phone and you're like, and then he died. And you're like, God damn it. Give me a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've had time. Let's get into the synopsis. Following the death of her aunt, Beth moves into a sorority house and begins having horrifying nightmares and visions about a man stalking her with a knife. At the same time, coincidentally, there is a man in a psychiatric hospital and he begins freaking out and eventually escapes. He's drawn to Beth and he makes his way to the house, killing everyone in his way along the way. Because as it turns out, Beth, as she learns while she is hypnotized, because again, this is the 80s, that this person is actually Beth's older brother who killed the rest of her family one night, and she was the sole survivor. The two are psychically linked and kind of like apparently a pet pig. I don't know, but that's a thing that's in this movie. And he's tracked her back to her house. After killing off all of her friends, the two face off and Beth defeats him by stabbing him in the neck, only to go to the hospital and continue to see visions of him. The end. Yep, that's it. All right. (laughs) Spoiler gates are off. (laughs) I'm going to turn it over to my guests. Let's talk about this movie and some of the wild stuff that we have seen with with our eyeballs. One thing 
I noticed right off the gate because it opens in the hospital. Like, I agree that the the dream flashback sequences are really cool, but the framing is so weird. Like, mm, there's yeah. so much headroom, and I'm like, why? <laughs> we don't need that much space. Like, I find myself constantly being like, oh my god, just bring the camera, just bring it down a little bit, just a little. It's a bit. metaphor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's a fair criticism (laughs) yeah i mean i think in slashers like this also you you generally know pretty quickly who your final girl is going to be yeah they just tell you in the first two seconds of this movie this is the final girl she's the one that's going to survive which i think it removes a lot of tension yeah that's what i was about to say it breaks Mm. the tension because it's like okay now we're going to watch the rest of it knowing that you live that's great thanks right right and that you're probably the only survivor because Mm -hmm. it's just you there in the hospital Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, it definitely also made it very confusing because they were cutting back and forth between her in the present day and then the the psychiatric hospital. This is where I was like very lost <laughs> as a viewer, and it, right. it does yeah, come together. It makes it a little confusing. Yeah, but I was like, what yeah. is the timeline here? It does <laughs> come together, and to me, some of the strongest scenes in this are those dream sequences. I yeah. think the scene at that coffee table with the dripping blood and the weird melty mm-hmm. dolls. Visually, it's just a cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the blood's j- dripping from that chandelier. That that was very. Cool. Do you think those were it. actual dolls, or do you think they were like people with masks on? Oh shit, that's even creepier. I feel like yeah, because they seem that's too, true. They seem they were big. the body. Yeah, the body seemed yeah. like very yeah. human to me. I also like the dream sequences, and as to the timeline. Because we went back and forth between present and past through the dream sequence. And I was, I was, I think I was doing a pretty good job of following along with the whole psychiatric hospital in the house. Um, Them being related was a surprise for me because Mm. I thought the link was just, I thought the telepathic link was just because they, it was just like, it was trauma. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. um, wow, names again, Becca, right? Beth, is it Becca? Beth? Beth? Beth. Where did I get Becca from? I'm so sorry. She kind of <laughs> no, looks like fine. a Becca. She's bringing Becca energy. So I, I can see where you got that. <laughs> but, Beth, um, but Beth being like, you know, the sole survivor from childhood and being traumatized by seeing, you know, the rest of her family slaughtered and her surviving that. And then him being like the killer and her being like the one that got away. I thought, and that would maybe, that was maybe his trauma. He couldn't complete his mission. And then her right. trauma was, you know, being the sole survivor, not dying, but seeing everyone else die. And I thought maybe that's how the telepathic link was working was mm. they were both parts of like a whole that came together, but then being related, being actual siblings made sense in that. And that's like, like, Oh, it's a sibling thing too. Like they can see and they can like feel each other. I'm, I feel like another movie has done this. It just came and went. But um, I liked, I liked that, and that's the gimmick I was referring to. I liked, mm-hmm. I liked the, the gimmick and how it worked. For me, it didn't really work as um a horror device. It worked more mm-hmm. as like a mystery device. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we piecing this together? What does it all mean? What yeah. are we doing? Well, I think part of that is because there's just almost zero tension in this whole movie so it borrows heavily from halloween right and in halloween there's so much tension in watching michael myers like slowly stalk laurie right Mm -hmm. and and oh it was so slow (laughs) the way he starts to 
to kill people and like move closer to her. It's all very nerve wracking. And the way that, you know, she's has to, that scene where she hides in the closet is so terrifying. I don't feel like there was really any of that in this movie. Even when he's escaping from the mental health facility, he like jumps the fence and it all just happens so quickly, like very, I don't know, lackadaisical. Something about the score made it feel like there wasn't a reason to be really scared of him in that moment. There wasn't the tension that I'd expect Mm -hmm. in a slasher movie. And so I think it loses you a little bit there. Uh I think it's also because we see his face. Yeah, that might be. That's another thing. Yeah. I was that actually, was the weirdest part. Right. I was confused by that too because they take they go to such lengths to not show his face in most of the movie, except that we see his whole face in the mirror and in other dream sequences. So why are we bothering to continue to hide his face in other scenes? I didn't get it. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's lots of ways that this film is pretty dated, as we've talked about costuming, yeah. political things, a lot of things, right? One of the things that kind of I was drawn to in this is Today, I think we're so accustomed to seeing trauma as a major theme in horror. We are working out our trauma as a society through the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And in this era, especially in slashers, I don't know that we had a lot of this. Maybe in some of the later sequels, like in Halloween, but for this to be uh, that she walks in on screen already with sort of this trauma baggage that she's processing. And we can see some of the way that time is broken in this, in the way that trauma breaks time is kind of ahead of its time, I think. And it's one of the things that makes this maybe an interesting watch in 2022 is that already Carol Frank is kind of talking about trauma in a way that is familiar to the way that we talk about it now through horror. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, some of the most interesting stuff, like we were saying, is that the dream sequences and this sort of idea of this like psychic link and repressed memories and hypnosis and all of that feels very 80s. I mean, that is very 80s. But I do think you're right about the way that trauma is handled and also the way that the friends are so supportive of her, too. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think you get that a lot in Yeah. Especially with women, I think. Yeah. Like, they, they bonded with her and was like, yeah, girl, like, let's help you figure this out. There wasn't any cattiness. And she was like, let me use my psychology degree. Like, do not make in front of my profession. I got this. Okay, wait, it wasn't a psychology degree. Let me use what I learned in Psych 101 to try to figure out what's wrong with you. Well, I'm saying she's using the degree. She's using, like, it's the degree she's going to get. She's like... Yeah. This is like practice for her. This is like a, what, what would you call this? Uh, field work. Yeah. Not she's getting course credit for helping her figure out. She's like, we're going, we're going to break this down. Okay. One, two, three, wake up. Let's do this. Let's go. I mean, the friends are interesting, right? Because like you said, they're all, they're really supportive, but also the sex politics in this are not as 80s as you would think. The girls are sexual without it being categorized into the Madonna horror thing. They don't Mm -hmm. shame her around her sexuality at all. I I think it's kind of implied that she's a virgin. That is something that is not treated as a strange thing, but at the same time, nobody is slut shaming the friends that want to go and have sex. I think for this time, this, that basic level of sex politics is actually pretty progressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even her boyfriend is okay when she just wants to peck and say goodnight. I kept you know? waiting for him to turn into, like, the yeah. 80s creep. I mean, also, mm-hmm. like, yeah. to creep, let's keep it real. But, like, <laughs> he, he's actually pretty not a creep in this. In fact, the bo- yeah. across the board, except for Andy, who sucks, we all agree Andy sucks, they're all... <laughs> 
pretty decent. You know, uh, I think Adam is the one that that is survives the teepee attack. He seems like an okay guy and not a creep. There's no like panty raid energy to yeah. this, this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, and uh, see, names again. Uh, Beth's man, who we said is not a creep, when he like you know gave her a peck on the cheek and then like left her alone, I was yeah. like, look at that, a man who knows when to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and how rare that is in, in these eighties horror films. In any horror men are film. usually portrayed as like yeah, horn dogs. Totally. Yeah, and he's not dejected. He just goes and watch TV with his friends, you know? Right. He actually seemed to be receptive and sensitive to her feelings and what she needed. And it was actually sad the way that he died. Like, um, if only he could have rolled off the couch with her, but he he only rolled halfway and got stabbed right in the back. And I was just like, well, shit. There he goes. (laughs) And then as for for Mr. Teepee, I, I'm so, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was hilarious that he ran out of that teepee butt ass naked. I was very surprised because <laughs> I didn't know they had gotten. I didn't know they had gotten that far. But can we so also talk about running butt the house. naked with his chucks on? Yes, he still had his <laughs> socks and shoes on. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then and I, I like when he they, runs into the room. Yeah, the way they react. They're just like, oh, like you're bleeding oh (laughs) let me throw you some pants and i'm just like i think it would have been honestly hilarious if he would have just stayed in his socks and shoes the rest of the way through i could have just done the whole thing but um, i feel like we needed some reciprocity uh nudity we got a lot of the ladies i I agree it would be only be fair it would only be right it's only right gender equality But so can I ask, so am I the only person who thought that this was going to be more like a, like a night stalker moment of like, there Mm -hmm. were all these girls in the sorority house and someone let themselves in one night and just ran wild. Cause that's what I assumed I was going to see. I mean, you, you started with the poster, Mm -hmm. right? And that is exactly what it looks like. Cause the poster is just a buxom lady inside a house and somebody creeping through the, the you know, horizontal blinds. So yeah, totally. That's what I, I, I thought this was going to be much more in that vein. So that's why when we got what we got, I was kind I was pleasantly surprised. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see why they may have picked this film because there's actually some interesting subversion of 80 slasher tropes right. in this. It is actually kind of rooted in character. I will say if you're a slasher fan who is there for the kills, this will underwhelm because they're pretty mm-hmm. tame. Oh yeah. Pretty, pretty tame. This is a movie that is largely about character. I mean, whether or not it succeeds is, I think, subjective. But the fact that it is marketed kind of like a boobies and blood kind of movie and then we're really like exploring trauma was kind of a twisty twist for Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, because you spend a lot of time just getting to know the girls together Mm -hmm. in that house, them spending time together and, you know, walking to and from school and, and working out Beth's trauma and it spends a good 45 minutes of the movie just basically on that stuff before anything else really happens. And so I think that that can be a good or bad thing, depending on what you're looking for. Like, I thought it was interesting that we got to explore these friendships and kind of get to know the women a little better before they die. Because there are plenty of slashers where 
you know, the body count is high and that's really fun, but it also means that there's probably 10 characters that you barely know their names and you know nothing about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this oh, one, yeah. you get a little more of that, but on the other hand, you do lose some of the fun, gory, bloody stuff because of it, you know? It's a trade-off, I guess. Did you guys feel like the deaths had more impact than you were expecting? Because I, I actually invested in these characters a little bit more than I thought I would. And so it was kind of a, like I rooted for the, some of them to survive. I knew they wouldn't all, but I rooted for some of them to survive. And when they didn't, especially the friend that saved her at the end, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that one was sad. I agree with that. Yeah. I was really upset about um, Linda. No. Um, the, I mean, the, I'm flattered that you think I would even <laughs> the the um the second the so not not Beth but like the friend who was helping her with her dreams like the the one the, the second to last yeah the one who died the one who was the last to die oh, who I really thought was gonna survive mm-hmm. yeah okay I I also want to say that when it comes to a horror film and you have a weapon say it's a shovel that she had. Always aim straight for the head. And when they are down, just go for the head. I mean, you can even not don't even use it as like a whacking thing. Like use it as a shovel on the neck. Yes. (laughs) Decapitate them. (laughs) It is very simple, sweetie. And she just and I feel like if she did that, we would have been golden. But he 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 got her. She turned around. He backstabbed her and took the knife out to cut Beth and it was just a mess but I was really sad that she died because I really liked her Mm -hmm. character and how she was really trying to help Beth get to the bottom of these dreams and like her trauma and I felt like she was the closest one to Beth so her death actually like because they were this close to walking out that door so and the police were right there so yeah knowing that she didn't make it when they were that close that was really like I was like damn it you know the one that hit me the yeah. hardest was the when they were all outside. The th- it was the three of them. So the final mm-hmm. two, oh, and then no. that girl with the bangs. Ashley was her name. Ashley? He was calling her Ashley, right? He was calling her Ashley. I don't think that was her name. Yeah, though. I think he was calling them the different names of his other. Oh, sisters the sisters. Already- yeah. But so when yeah, she tripped over oh the girl that was in the the tent, yeah. and then just died. I was yeah. so. Oh my god! He was on top of her within seconds. Right. I was like, "Dang, girl, you didn't have no chance." God. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a testament to the film that we all actually have a moment where we're like, "Damn, damn." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like the scene that really kind of curled my toes and made me uncomfortable was the ladder scene. Yeah. Where the one young oh, woman is oh. climbing up the ladder and he keeps grabbing her ankle and pulling her back down because I kept feeling like he was going to cut her Achilles tendon yes. or something. Yeah. Or stab yeah, her, her leg. Foot, yeah. and I was like, oh, oh no, no. So that made me very, very tense. I thought that was a good one. Also, the whole time I was just ladder? like, girl, just. That was the most random accoutrement to have in your room. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I like that, was, I I like, like, is that running joke. Is this an 80s thing? Like, no, there's a running joke about her mom. Yeah, is always sending her safety stuff. Right. So she has she the, had the whistle. whistle. The mace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that she yes. like, promised. Yeah, and she had the mace. Exactly. And then she had the fire ladder. So I, I thought they kind of seeded it in there. It it is a little weird, but I guess we yeah. all need that one weird one. I actually really like the ladder though. I think it came in clutched and yeah, like the fact it. that oh like wait, I have a ladder and it's just like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> like do you know how many how 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 much in handy that would come in other horror films where they need yeah. a way out from like the window and set because you know when they jump they risk so like many broken breaking their ankles, ankles and you can't really <laughs> run away. It's just like yeah. or they're like 
I have a ladder. And so I thought that was really nifty. And as for him, like, about to like grab her by the ankles and it, it possibly being able to cut her at that point, I was just like, girl, fall on him. Just mm-hmm. let go. Oh, fall you can, on him. Like, fall yeah. on him. Hopefully like <laughs> he can be like your, um, he can break your fall and then you can get away. I don't know, but Damn. I was really tired. I was like, what? And then when he was, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm if this so were a horror movie. Jared is our final girl. I just want to <laughs> say that for now. Like we're yeah, really, Jared is the one's going to make it. <laughs> All these ideas. Hopefully I know how to survive because when he got to the window and they're like all pitter pattering on his hands and I'm just like, do you not? I'm like pitter pattering is the greatest description of what you would do. It's so accurate too. They were just these light little punches. Because I'm just like, if y'all don't look around this room, almost everything in that room could be used as a weapon against him when he is right. that close. Or you kind of could have slammed the window on his hand. I was so upset at them. I'm just like, and there are three of y'all. One of him. If y'all don't get to work anyway, yeah. I need to move on because I'll be on this all day. No, no I'm see, with this you there. saying you're surviving. We're all yeah. screwed, but you're surviving. When he's in the hospital recounting our deaths, he'll be like, "I told them to grab a weapon, and they just pitter pattered. I don't know how I was supposed to help." Pitter patter. So good. Oh my god. Yeah. And you're so right about the shovel, too, because she basically does the same thing there where she just keeps sort of lightly whacking him on his back. Over, I mean, and she it's the way he was eating so them up. Times. Like he wasn't yes. even in Super Smash Brothers, the uh-huh. game, like when you were when you hit a person or another character and they don't react, they still take damage, but they don't react like they don't flinch it's called unflinching and so okay. the fact he was like eating up all of these hits because she was actually you know whacking him yeah but also missing too did you see how she was like hitting the table and I knocking guess. things off the mantle i'm it like girl, he is right there he is like okay. Okay. two feet Focus. in front of you it is and not so a small what, target yeah so it's like the way he's eating up those those um hits and you're right it does remind me of Halloween because Michael Myers is like this very like imposing figure right especially against all of these smaller sized petite women and so you think like he he looks almost impenetrable almost invincible and it's like almost like the same thing with this guy because he's just nothing is getting to him in the way that it should be I feel like if he was shot he would still gotten up but then it's just like how did how did it how does that horror mechanic work if yeah. he's not if he's think, not Michael? But I think that's why the, him not having a mask on was such a was such a hindrance. In it this, takes in this it way. takes away the mystery. It takes away like that 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 plus one or like that invincibility stat. Like if we yeah. yes, mm-hmm. if we can see your face head on, and also not to mention that in the past he was wearing like this. He was wearing jeans and like a graphic tee. I'm like, I can't take you seriously, dude. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's just nothing intimidating about him. Wow, not come it. dressed appropriately for the job. Go home. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'm just like, what are we doing? So when when he is when we can see his face, and even though he you know he has the knife and he's still advancing towards Beth and all this stuff, it is intimidating, but it doesn't carry the same weight no. as if like say the movie did this thing where it will never show his face. Like it, it will either always be out of frame or will be bathed in shadow. I feel like that would have been a, um, a really good creative choice to add to the mystery for both the audience and Beth, where it's just like, I can't remember his face. And then the audience, we can't ever see his face. So mm-hmm. it would, it would act as like the, 
the mask of, you know, invisible, like we can't, we never see it. And maybe at the very end, they could have revealed it. But if it could have went the whole movie with no face, I feel like it would have been that much more intense. Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. No, I hate a reveal. If we're going to hide it, we need to hide it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a movie did this really well recently. Have you guys seen Watcher yet? No. No. Oh, you gotta watch it. Oh, it's Chloe Aquino's new film. So if you saw um, VHS, what was it? 94? 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah, VHS 94. The rap. Oh, the one with, one with um, with Miss, is, it follows. Uh, make a. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. So a, a large portion of the film, there's somebody who she's convinced is watching her. And she runs into him in a few different places and very artfully hides his face for a Wait, long time. Wait, the watcher like from Marvel? No, 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 no. It came out this year, it and came it has out in June. it has Micah Monroe in it, who was in uh, It Falls, and it's directed by the person that did the segment with Ratma, the sewer. Oh like, Jesus who, Christ! Yes, <laughs> yes, Chloe Akuno, and it's this woman who moves to Budapest, and she's convinced that her neighbor who's watching her is the local serial killer, and it's like very sort of Hitchcockian, Ooh. but they it's they really do good. they do that with you know he'll conveniently put something up on his face or she won't look up quite far enough so you'll see his chin and it's really really effective so as you're saying Ooh, this I I'm watch like, this i think you're really on to something with this idea of even if you don't give him a mask because you want to avoid some of these cliches of, mm-hmm. of the genre and playing with the showing his face would have really it's creepy it's unsettling to see everything but the face every time it doesn't happen it builds that tension and i think you're right it would have really improved this yeah especially because they sort of did that in the beginning but then they just kept showing us his whole face so it got ruined you know yeah i did really like the knife through the desk the knife through the desk was a nice moment i thought i thought it was really (laughs) creepy through the mirror through the mirror and then through the desk when she's in the classroom and she screams oh that's right yes (laughs) oh yeah that was good that was a good part yeah i mean i think that's a lot of those sort of dream sequence ones are are really cool i mean there's a scene where he's pulling his arms out of the restraints while he's in the the hospital and then it cuts immediately to one of the girls putting on bracelets there's clever filmmaking like that or the scene, like we were saying, with the, the knife going through the mirror was really cool. The bleeding photo, I thought, was kind of neat. The bleeding photo I is love my the bleeding favorite photo. thing. Because oh, it was bleeding so from like, the places he stabbed them or cut exactly. them. Like, hers was and then her from arm the arm. started to bleed. Yeah, that was some good stuff right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel like even though this movie is is definitely imperfect, there's a lot of cool stuff in it that I think makes it worth watching. I think yeah. the thing, the central theme that we've kind of danced around is that yeah. the movie didn't go all in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because like if those dream sequences would have been a little bit more like vignettes mm-hmm. and a little bit more interactive and a little bit more stylized, it would have been, I think more impactful because it would have been like all enveloping for the audience and for the, for the main character, right. Of like, what is going on? I've kind of like, what is it when you, when you have an out of body experience? Uh, astral projection. Yeah, astral projection. Yes, like I've, 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 I'm having this like astral projection moment where I'm like in this whole other world that seems real, and yeah. that is horrifying. And then I get snapped back into reality by like the sorority mother opening the door or by someone walking into the room. I think that would have been really, really cool if it would have been this like whole other world 
and then you get snapped back into reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think if they had expanded that and made it more dynamic and then also had made the killer scarier and the deaths bloodier, I think this could have been yeah. like one of the best, you know? I but even like... if the deaths would have just been more reactive, <laughs> I feel like people got yeah. stabbed and was just like wilted away. <laughs> right. I know. And some of the characters didn't even seem upset about it, really. Like the the guy who was naked, except for his shoes, he basically goes in there and is like, yeah, my girlfriend just got murdered. I am so glad you said this. Part of me <laughs> wanted to say, okay, maybe they're just very traumatized right now. And it's just, <laughs> it's adrenaline. They can't think they're thinking about survival. There's no time to mourn. It's like in the Hunger Games, Mockingjay mm. Part 2, oh, where uh-huh. they're like escaping the sewers and they lost Finnick and that one guy lost his brother. And just like, they, right, they there's, no, yeah. there's no room to breathe until like they actually sit down and that's when it hits them. And I'm thinking maybe that's the case with these guys, but you're right. The way that it happened, I'm just like, there were no tears. Like there was no burst of emotion. Like my, even if it's, it was, even if they hadn't been together that long, it's still just like, where is the, like, where is the, the emotional death? The single that, tear. Like, <laughs> like, like the, like the indication. Not the that, Denzel tear for this girl. <laughs> the, indica- the indication, the indication that you have been affected by this, but there was, there was none of that. Even for, even when like the other, even when I know her name is Ashley, but even when Ashley got killed, it was just that it just they kept moving. Yeah, they along. just said Ashley just got killed. There was no emotion to that either, and it wasn't even like their voices were tight. You know, like there was tension. There was nothing. It was just so matter of fact. I was like, what is happening? You, yeah, matter of fact, or like they people? were reading off a list. Like, oh yes. yeah, my my girlfriend died. Yep, right. Yep, she right. she gone. So <laughs> that that did take me out of it a little bit because I'm just like. Mm, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, but now that we were mentioning it, I'm just like, mm, I, <laughs> I, let's do it again. Cut. I need, I need you to be, sir. I need you to be more convinced. Flatter, sir. Flat. <laughs> give me emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm curious action. to see what a movie, what a movie by Carol Frank outside of sort of the Roger Corman system would have looked like because you could see that she was trying to do something with this you know but there's just then they also have to throw in tons of boobs and other random Uh, stuff yeah yeah what for like sensationalism (sighs) yeah get those butts in the seats (laughs) but you know what i've now made this like fantasy in my head for this what was her name carol the director carol frank yeah yeah maybe she like maybe this was a completely different movie right and they were oh. like, oh, but I'll give you money. So that means I have final creative direction on what this is going to be like. And we went through draft after draft after draft. And it ended up being this whole other movie that she didn't even write originally. And she was already contractually obligated to direct it. So <laughs> she directed it. And she was so like, like, what is it? She had such a bitter taste in her mouth. She's like, I'll never do this again. And then that's why she disappeared. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, I could see it. It's I could totally not see an unrealistic story. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Carol, if you're out there listening to this, please get back to us. Let us know yeah. why you're not doing this anymore. Thanks. And can we have the rights so that uh, Lauren can remake the movie, please? Please. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you could do something really cool with this. Like there's some really interesting ideas in here. You know, it yeah, lifts from like you said a lot of other things, but I, I think you could expand on some of the dream sequences and mm-hmm. the the psychic connection between the two of them. There's some interesting stuff there. You could go like quantum entanglement. I don't know. It could be really cool. I don't know. 
And have y'all ever seen Seven Songs from Mal- for Malcolm X by Jonna Comfra? No. no. Beautiful, beautiful, like very stylized film. And most of it are these little, that's why I always go to the, these little vignettes of like past, present, and future. Mm. Oh, so, they're so good. Ooh. Oh, they, they look like little dioramas, but it's like in the film. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That it's really cool. good. And I've always We're going to need like a, a whole watch list from you after this. I know. If you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you need to educate. Like I've seen a lot of horror movies, but you, I leave the genre and I'm just like, ooh, yeah. I've seen a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, any other final thoughts about this movie before we give our recommendations? Anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh... Jared, is there a movie that you feel like people are sleeping on? <laughs> no, don't get it. The, the question. No, no, the question. No, I finally I... do. I do have an answer. Oh, you this do? Time. I was I just do. joking. Um, I was trying to think of one that was kind of like um, a classic, like from the past, like uh, Lauren, but I couldn't think of one. But I did think of one that I saw this year that I think has virtually gotten no kind of buzz. Mm, it just okay. it just came to Hulu, I think, last month, but it came out in theaters in February. Uh, its original title was, I think it was, the original title was uh, Eight for Silver, I think. Oh, cur- uh, Cursed? Is that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Eight, yeah, it was, original t- it was originally titled Eight for Silver, but they changed it to a more, like, marketable title called The mm-hmm. Cursed. And that is came that the out- um, one? It yes. is that came yes, out in February. It was so good. I saw it in theaters um, around around the time it came out. I loved it. I would say it was one of the best uh, werewolf movies I have seen. Very unique <gasps> creature design. It's a period piece, and I feel it was very like they did it so well that it's really engrossing. You like really get sucked into that period in that world, and it reminded me of kind of the way that how the witch did that. Mm-hmm. where it felt very immersive like very mm-hmm. very real i love the characters um i love the the tension building was everything the tension building was very well done and i feel like i don't know why it wasn't i don't know if it maybe it was the marketing why it didn't mm. reach many people but it's just it's a very well done film and i love the ending I love the ending. It's such a, it's such a great ending and it's definitely a horror film, but it's a horror film with like, uh, especially with the ending. I feel like there's some depth there where it's not, it's not confined exactly to that genre. Like it, it it really is able to stretch its feet into like the, the drama Mm -hmm. area as well. And it just works very well as like a period piece. It's just, oh, it's so good. And it was genuinely scary. It was genuinely scary. Like there were certain parts I'm just like, oh my God, do I have to cover my eyes right now? Because I just, or my ears, because you know, the sound, I just can't take it. It's not big on jump scares. I will say that because it's really good with the tension building. It's available on Hulu. I really implore everyone to check it out. It was very very well done and that that creature mm-hmm. design alone Ooh. wow wow yeah yeah i i agree with that because i actually reviewed that movie uh doing a guest spot on bloody good horror but i haven't heard anybody really talk about it and for yeah, me yeah. it's crazy yeah the autopsy scene i don't want to give anything away, oh my where you goodness about how different the werewolf lore is in this movie blew me away they really made it their own like they did something yeah. different like they took the lycanthrope everything the werewolf but they did something different because i'd never 
I've never seen this kind of werewolf before. It was so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, All right, Lauren, we got to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be up so late tonight. I have so many things to watch. (laughs) (laughs) And that one has Boyd Hallbrook in it, right? I love him. He was so so scary in the Sandman. He was so perfect for the Corinthian. (sighs) Oh, my God. That was the same. No. That was the (laughs) same guy. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm. I can't. I can't. Write, I can't do this. I get the range. <laughs> the range. The Corinthian was so. Oh my God. You know what it was? It was those damn sunglasses. Yeah. It was and the glasses I, and the well, fact that he actually didn't teeth. have eyes. But wow, I just never would have thought. Also, he was. There was the American accent. So yeah. Wow. I had no. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the range of this man. That is amazing. Wow. I had no idea. I'm so excited. I got to blow your mind twice in one episode. <laughs> My work here is done. Let's give our, let's give our final recommendations. <laughs> Would you recommend people check this out, Lauren? Yes. I think it's a good time. Hey, how about you, Miss Ariel? Yeah, I actually would. I it's imperfect. There's a lot of flaws in it, but I also think there's a ton of stuff that's really silly and fun and some interesting plot points. So yeah, I'd say give it a go. How about you, Jared? I think everyone should give this one a go. I think it's a it's a fun watch. It it's short. It is very short. It's only an hour and fourteen minutes. So I think it works as like if you think of it as maybe like an extended episode of uh some horror television. So maybe it's definitely a movie, but the runtime makes it feel like that because it's it's just it's it's short. I mean, wow, it's not even an hour and 20 minutes It's an hour and 14. But so it's it's palatable in that sense. But also it's just like the telepathy gimmick and the fact that um, it's just so full of 80s cheesiness. I just Mm -hmm. like the, the again, the the. The trying on clothes montage it just it doesn't <laughs> yeah. get much better than that. I just think it's a fun like Saturday afternoon watch. Mm-hmm. Like you can put it on when you're just at the house hanging out. You know, I do recommend it, but I think it is ripe. It is so ripe for a modern day remake. Mm-hmm. That's but, yeah. That's interesting. Yes, yes. But I, I want it done with like no cheesiness, no camp full-on serious like i really especially with the you know how you know what that's what it reminded me of malignant oh Mm. uh you remember how because she was having those dreams yeah i realized like and it made me think of like it made me it reminded me of malignant because they had that there was that link and i'm feeling like if they could really if they were really serious about it and especially with the old trauma element oof, i feel like it could be like where where there was all this cheesiness in the in the original, I feel like the re, the remake could be like very um, unsettling mm-hmm. and very dark in that sense. Like yeah. like cool. kind of like give give me give me like the kind of intensity and the tension building of the outsider, the adaptation that HBO oh, did of that Stephen was good. King's book. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, like, that's yeah, okay. I, I feel like they could really do something like that. with that. Sure. Yeah. All right, I have a fun question. Aside from Lauren, because that's obviously the correct answer, what <laughs> filmmaker would you want to see remake this? Um, Jared texted me earlier and said, Nia I did. Oh, I said, oh. Nia oh, well, I mean, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, give her everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
because I, I really I really liked what she did with Candyman. Candy yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I feel like she would. I feel like she better do something with this because I I did I have a whole like in my head the remake would be directed by Nia, mm-hmm. distributed and produced by A24, and oh. hopefully with Kiki Palmer as Beth. Well, Ooh, okay. okay. I'm okay. in. I mean, Sold. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> yeah, I think she, you know, and she would, like, have creative kills. When I think about Candyman, there are a handful of kills in that that are instantly iconic. Like, the one, the pullout where you see the woman dying in the apartment yep. building, mm-hmm. or the the death in the, the, deaths in the art gallery are so good. I would love, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a different answer, but I'm changing mine to Nia DaCosta. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the correct choice. And I mean, we did get a Slumber Party Massacre remake last year. So maybe somebody will make this one. We did? Yeah, there was a really fun one. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I would actually recommend it. Is that on Hulu too? (laughs) Uh, It might. It was on sci-fi. I bet it's on Hulu. It was like a sci-fi original, but it was pretty gory and like it, it's Wait, it was sci-fi? pretty funny. <laughs> sci-fi, <Yeah. laughs> and it it looks like it is on Hulu. <laughs> yep, there you go. I would actually recommend it. It's pretty good. Should I watch the original first? Of course. Mm, I mean, you, don't you have- can if you've never seen it, but I don't think you necessarily have to. You'll be helped by the fact that you know slashers really well because it parodies yeah. Yeah. a lot of stuff that normally happens in slashers. Ooh, yeah. Subversion. Mm-hmm. Subversion. Yeah. It was directed by Danishka Esther Hazy, who is a really cool Canadian director. We actually spoke to her when this first came out. Oh, how awesome. Yeah, I would definitely. I would get I I this is one okay, my answer for things people are sleeping on, it's this it's this remake. It's actually yeah. pretty fun. If you guys watch it, now now it's your turn. I want to hear what you guys think of it because I think it I think it's pretty great. <laughs> it has some fun Easter eggs. If you've watched the original films, you'll recognize, especially like the guitar from the second one shows up in it. But if you are versed in slasher, you will be fine. You'll you still get it. To have seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You'll definitely get it. All right. Um, my recommendation. I, this movie is such a novelty and an oddity. I think, yeah, for that alone. I think mm-hmm. it's definitely worth checking out. And if you're a connoisseur of slashers, I feel like even though there are things that you're gonna be like, I recognize this from movies I've seen a million times. I also think there's some stuff in this that's pretty original. So, so yeah, I would say, yeah, recommend. Check it out. All right. Oh my gosh, you guys, this has been so fun. I know it's getting late on the East Coast, so we don't want to keep you too much longer. Although I would because I love talking to you. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, but let's do some some plugs. If people want to get more of you in their life, because of course they do, where can they find your show? Where can they find you guys on social media? How can they get more of Scary Crit in their lives? So Scary Crit is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Most people listen on Spotify and Apple, so we're there. And then we have Instagram and Twitter, but don't go on our Twitter because I don't be tweeting. (laughs) 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 Like it just sits there and I'm just like, God, I should make a tweet. But I'm just, I I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) But our Instagram handle is at Scary Crit Pod. Awesome. Awesome. And then what about you guys, if they want to follow, if they're just like, oh my God, super fans, I need to get all their content. Can they, would you like to hand out your handles or would you rather not? That's okay if you don't want to. Yeah, no, our handles are also like on our, our Instagram page, but mine is just my name. So it's at Lauren Lamel. Awesome. And mine is Blossoms and Books 93 oh. on Instagram. I love that. <laughs> and I peer pressured Jared into getting a Twitter. So he has a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like that you made made him get one and then you abandoned him. You're like, bye. <laughs> Enjoy, Enjoy it. <laughs> it is a mess out there too. Let me tell you. Are you guys getting into like Twitter circles? Or are you enjoying nah, any of that? Nah. I kind of want to I... make like a horror one because the thing I like about Discord is it's just full of people I like who are talking about things I'm interested in. And then I go on Twitter and I'm like, <laughs> but is it, if I had a circle, maybe, maybe I know it's basically just for nudes, but it could also just be for yeah. hanging out with more people. Oh, really? That, that is that. why I left Twitter. I didn't understand how much porn was on Twitter. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm always surprised. And I, was like, well, I came here for like the news and like some, some comedy. I didn't come here for that. Yeah. <laughs> news, but you got nudes. That's what you got. <laughs> Everybody's showing it all on Main these days. I don't Man. know. I'm just like, come on now, guys. <laughs> You're amongst ladies. <laughs> just some class. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can always email us at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page, although to be honest. That is kind of our Lauren's Twitter situation. We're hardly ever on there. So you should definitely follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast because not because of me, but because of Ariel. We are very active on those and we would love to have you. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight and you've already watched Sorority Party Massacre, Sorority Party Massacre, Remix, Sorority Massacre, then you can uh, <laughs> check out our video on demand and streaming calendar over at the Zombie Girls website where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the very many 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 streaming services out there you can always support us by buying our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch or you can support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls where you get extended episodes bonus episodes live shows and you get to hang out with us on our discord who doesn't want to do that don't you want to see pictures of my cat like oof. come on get it together <laughs> <laughs> And thank you so, so much to our amazing guests. Whenever you invite someone on the show, you never know. Like, especially someone you like admire and you like and you like, oh, I hope we vibe. I hope they're cool. They seem cool. It's always so fun when the reality is what you hope when it, it works be. Out. This has yeah. been Man, so much fun. I'm about to meet somebody. I'm like, please be weird like me. Please. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 100%. You guys are amazing. This has been so, so much fun. Yes. And we have to have you guys come over to the crib. Oh, we would of love course. that. Oh, anytime. We would be yeah, honored at any time, anytime. And I will be camera ready next time, I promise. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you will not have to see my hat hair and my sweaty face. <laughs> hey, I think last time me and Jared recorded, I had a bonnet on, so it's fine. <laughs> no judgment here. Awesome. It's a safe space, Rachel. Get it together. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. And it's my turn to pick. And I did not do my homework. So I'm going to figure that out. And uh, stay tuned after the the music. When we get into our extended episode, I will have figured it out by then. (laughs) Awesome. And for our extended episode, I'm going to be telling Rachel about some real co-ed killers. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I want to hear about some co-ed killers. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, Ariel, take us out. All right. That's another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Lauren and Jared for sticking around and, and reviewing this interesting movie with us. I had a ton of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening and we'll be back here in two weeks. 
Bye, everybody. I love the faint praise of that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Neal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode, a.k.a. More deadly after dark. I forgot what it is. <laughs> I am so it is so hot that I don't even know who I, I thought am, it was just a dramatic am, what I was doing. I mean, yes, I did it all on purpose. It was all yes, yes. Dude, we have the best guests. I know, right? <laughs> We've had such Martin a run of great guests. Rad. Yes. Yeah. So rad, so smart, so funny, so cool. Very so chill. glad they came on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although yeah, I, I clearly need to step up my movie watching game. Like everything outside the horror genre, I'm like, what is a movie? I <laughs> I, no, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, oh well, oh well. But they were really good sports about, um, like everything. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, okay. I just need to make it clear for the listeners. Like, if I seem weird, it's a. I'm very tired. It's been a very long week, but it is also a hundred and four degrees here, and my Oof. AC has been off for over an hour and a half and i am in a hot car of a house i'm like you know like this i'm like the dog someone left in the car okay right now so my I know, brain is okay. i know my dream is to live somewhere where i have like somehow an ac system and a heating system that is soundless so i can always have them on when recording because in the yes. summer i'm like sweating because you have to turn yeah. the ac off and in the winter i'm freezing because i have to turn my stupid loud heater off so yes it's brutal man it is brutal but this is i'm willing to make this sacrifice body and soul and spirit and psychologically for the podcast for you listener <laughs> especially you patrons that are still here i do this for you and one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what we're going to be watching on the next episode because <laughs> I have done my home in the interim in the, in the like 10 minutes between when, when we last spoke. Um, I have done my homework. Actually, Ariel did my homework for me. Let's be honest. <laughs> Ariel okay. did we the homework. Do that together. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to get you know, credit where credit is Aww. due. Okay. That's all. That's all. That's so okay. I know the- if we were taking a math class or something, you would let me look at your paper. So we're I good. Mean- It'd probably be a mistake on your part, but I'd let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, we're all going down together. <laughs> so for the next episode, because the remake is hitting next week, we are going to be watching the original, which was woman directed, uh, a little film, a little uplifter, a little feel good <laughs> called Good Night Mommy, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fayala. What was yes. the name of the movie we already reviewed by them? Um, shit, I'm blanking on it. Like, I can see it. I see yeah, the poster. The I see the, um, yes. Fuck. With, yes. This is good content that I need to do this. Again, <laughs> I want to remind you, 104 the lodge. degrees. It was the Lodge. The Lodge. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. The Lodge. So um, we we covered their film, The Lodge, before. So this will be fun to see their, their I think this might be their first film together. Yeah, it was And if I recall, wasn't it like, 
an aunt nephew situation. It sure was. Yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's interesting because they make really messed up movies about family. <laughs> yeah, that is super interesting. I am very curious to see what it's like because I know The Lodge was super dark, but it was one of my favorite movies of that year. So yeah. I'm well, then I think to you're going to have a great time. <laughs> I've seen this. You have not. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. So here is the synopsis. Twin boys move into a new house with their mother after she has a face-changing cosmetic surgery. But under the badges is someone the boys don't recognize. Oh. Okay. So do you know anything about this movie? So I have seen the image of like a two twin, what would look like yes. two twin boys and yeah. a woman in bandages. But that yeah. is all I know about it. So perfect. I don't know anything perfect. else. And I love going in not knowing anything. So I'm I will tell you excited. nothing else. Okay. Oh, All right. right. Okay. So everybody who's playing along, check out Good Night Mommy. I'm going to look on Just Watch and see where people can see it. Again, I'm so prepared and so good at this. Good <laughs> Night Mommy. All right. From 2014. It is available to stream on Tubi. Nice. Um, and you can, uh, if you have the Roku channel, it's on there. It's on Vudu for free with ads and Redbox with ads. Um, and then obviously you can rent it a bunch of places. But I will be watching it on Tubi. Me too. <laughs> Love me some t- Tubi is actually kind of amazing. It is. It is I feel like it's just getting better and better where the yeah. content is getting higher quality. And then they also have just like really interesting kind of weird stuff I haven't heard of before, too. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, I'm about it's that really to good. be life, especially yeah. when there, as there are more and more and more streaming Ugh. services. Like it's nice be- to not have to pay for something. <laughs> right. <laughs> no kidding. But, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Let's get into this extended episode now that everybody knows what we are watching on the next episode. Ariel, okay. you said that you were going to tell me some stuff. Tell yeah. me some stuff. So I am going to tell you about some real life co-ed killers. Oh, men Jesus. that have killed co-eds <laughs> yeah oh. it's real uplifting <laughs> it seems like a good fuzzy. idea at the time <laughs> no, no no i'm actually pretty into it i just was being funny or <laughs> so, trying i don't know so i'm too somewhat... hot to be funny <laughs> i can only be hot funny in between like oh 58 degrees and 85 everything above or below that i'm just like no 